Welcome to All In. I'm Rick Jordan. Today I'm the CEO of a large technology company, but in 2007, I lost it all. And now I'm here to share the lessons I've learned and the strategies my guests have used to build success from the bottom up. And in every episode, you'll get something to reach for and something to grab onto. Whether it's personal development, business, technology, or giving back, you'll be able to ignite the spark in your life to make that change and transformation so 10 years down the road from now, You'll be able to look back and say, I don't even know that person that I was. I'm so glad I decided to rise. I'm so glad I decided to stand up and actually begin to start to ignite the spark, to go all in. Welcome back to All In with Rick Jordan. I am Rick Jordan. And this is an episode today that is going to be kind of crazy. And I'm even maybe a little scared because I have my wife on today, Mrs. Rick. <laughs> as she's dubbed herself over the years, or Jaina Jordan. Hi, beautiful. Hello. How are you? <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good. good. We just had an awesome latte. Yes, we so did. I'm really good. I'm pumped. Now I'm wired. Two shots in there. I know. Me too. I know. I had the turmeric ginger. I had the dark honey mocha. I know. That's so good. It was a little sweet. Oh. I don't really like sweet. You know that. Yeah. I go for black coffee most days. It just looks so good. But today, I want to pull back the curtain a little bit. At least we were asked to pull back the curtain a little bit <laughs> <laughs> on, on our, our so, relationship, yeah. our, our marriage. <laughs> and it, it's funny to me because it, I, I mean, it's complimentary too, I think, because we get these compliments all the time when everyone sees our kids, yeah. who our kids are 11 years old, our twins are Richard and Ariel, and our mm -hmm. youngest is nine, Alec. And they see how old our kids are. I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys don't look that old to have kids that old, right. <laughs> which is crazy because this year I'm going to be 40. Isn't that insane? Yeah. And we've been married for 18 years. Yes. And people always yes. are like, oh my God, I can't believe we've been married that long. We got married young. Yeah. Really young. 21 and 20, uh, which was great because we've known each other that long, yep. but it was also kind of rough as we figured out over the past couple <laughs> years. Is that this is something that, that we've noticed is really that your 20s is almost where you kind of find out your whole self-identity. Yep. Yeah, and Absolutely. You, you go through that and then you move into your 30s where, you, you, you're, where you're supposed to know yourself yeah. at that point and you're more solid on your footing mentally, hopefully physically. And we had our identity that was really just based in us, you mm -hmm. and I, yeah. for those first 10 years or 10, so that yeah. we were married and almost had no individual identity. I, I might have had a little more yeah. of an individual identity because, you know, my dad died at 16. Right. So I had to raise my brother and sister for several years. My younger brother and sister were five and six years younger than me. Mm -hmm. I know you know this, but everybody out there doesn't know this. Right it's all good. And <laughs> so I, I had more years to be an individual even before that and had to right. grow up pretty quick. But you, it, you were pretty a pretty hard catch, I would say. I? before. before. <laughs> uh, well, here's... <laughs> I mean, this is sales, right? I mean, even when I landed the TV appearance on Fox LA, when I said, yes, we want Rick Jordan, I knew going into it that I was going to get it. Just right. like going into trying to pursue you, I just knew that it was going to happen. <laughs> it took yeah. a little while, but... You I was know, a little stubborn. Exactly. I don't want to go too... We can maybe go yeah. too deep into how we met and everything in a, in a different episode, but we have kids and there's a lot of people out there that have kids. And everyone sees how well-behaved our kids are. And it, it's fun because we recognize that. We do, that our kids are very, very well-behaved. Yep. And it used to be the joke. It's like, well, you don't see them at home. Like, well, no, of course they don't see them at home. But 
still, they're really good kids at home. Yeah, they are. And they're there, awesome. there's, there's reasons for that. Yep. You know, I did several TV segments on how to raise ethical kids. Mm-hmm. And I think, honestly, I really think we've done a great job. I think so, too. And I, I love that our kids want to be around us, yeah. <laughs> which is great. I hear a lot of times, That's too, you probably favorites. hear this, that when they become teenagers and then they won't want to be around you as much, which is probably true. A little. Yeah. I mean, when I was a teenager, I loved my parents. I loved being around my parents. Of course, I loved being around my friends, too. But there was always that I can just go home and I can be around people who... I know love me no matter what I do, no matter how I act. And it was great. I mean, go shopping with my mom, have lunch with her. And my dad, he was fun to play basketball with and taught me a lot of stuff. So I just look at that in hopes that our children will feel the same way about us. Yeah. What Besides that you have them with me, <laughs> what's, your, what's your favorite maybe one or two things about even having kids at all? Wow, that's an interesting question. I just love watching them grow. And it's so fulfilling when you teach them things and they grasp it and they just get it and they appreciate things that you appreciate. So it's like, I don't know. I don't want to say like making miniature versions of yourself because that's definitely not something that you want to do. You want to raise your kids to be better than you and you want to instill in them things that you see shortcomings in yourself and you want to be like, oh, I hope my kids don't become like that. Like for me, I can be insecure and I can be kind of fearful about doing new things, as you well know. <laughs> <laughs> No. Yeah. So I'm really an extrovert, but you label yourself as an introvert. (laughs) Well, you know, sometimes it's safer that way, I guess. But um, (laughs) I don't want our kids to be fearful about taking opportunities and taking chances that I feel I held myself back from. Do you have an example? (sighs) Well, okay. Our daughter, Ariel. She loves drama, theater, singing. And I remember, I mean, I know she's younger than this example that I'm about to give. When I was a senior in high school, I wanted to try out or audition for the lead in the musical, but I didn't have enough confidence to do that. I was like, oh, I won't even make it. I don't even have a chance. I'll just try out for the the second lead or whatever supporting yeah. role. And... I remember my mom saying after I tried out or auditioned, I really think you could have done that. I really think you could have gone for the, for the lead or at least tried out or auditioned for it. And I don't know. I just was like, I can't believe that somebody would actually think that I could do that. Even my own, my own mother would think that I could do that. Um, so for Ariel, I'm always just like, just do it and do like, just, throw out all of your inhibitions and just go for it and become this character and just go do it. You're going to be great. So I just always want to have that encouragement that you can do it. If you try, you have it in you. Just go for it. Yay. Yes. <laughs> what? Is that it? <laughs> I guess so. Okay. I th- Should I there be more? more? I don't know. No, no, that makes sense. I mean, there's other examples, but I can't think of them yeah. right now. <laughs> Let's dive into it a little bit because we have three kids. Our, our twins do. are a boy and a girl. Yes. And uh, I have loved 
watching them ever since they were born and start to develop their own personalities because they were very, very clearly your traditional boy and your traditional girl. Yep. Before you ever were able to teach them about colors, before you ever to teach them about trucks or dolls, right. which our daughter actually doesn't even like dolls. Right. <laughs> That's fine. She has a phobia, I think, a little bit maybe. I don't know. But you didn't like dolls that much either. No, I did not play with dolls. I had a cabbage patch. Yeah. That was it. But there's ways that they respond very differently because of that. And there's ways that they respond very similarly because they are twins. And there's this crazy element. We were talking the other day that none of our kids have ever experienced being an only child. Right. Just as parents, we have never experienced parenting just one single kid at a time. Uh, and it, it's, everyone asks, how'd you do that? You know, it must have been rough when you had twins. And I always say, I, I, we didn't really we didn't know, know. Any better. <laughs> right. You know, it's a, it, we just <laughs> did, and that's how it was to us. Yep. That was the norm. It's like, oh, well, it must have been tough. Like, was it? I mean, it, of course you had to figure things out and there's yeah. challenges. Yeah, but there was no comparison, except when our third, Alec, came around. And at that point in time, it's like, well, we already dealt with two and yep. one at a time. That's just like, stupid easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so We're simple. Like, this kid sleeps and I sleep and it's great. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to give a... You know, I'm sure there's parents that are listening with young yeah. kids and there's, you and I have very, very different parenting styles Yep. <laughs> and one's good in one scenario and another one might be good in a different mm -hmm. scenario. I always love, and I don't know if you, you can recall this or maybe I can lead you and then you can explain it because you're the one who talks about this and you say it's so much better than I do, how you can, you can just start yelling at one of our kids <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> you know, because the secret's a, out. Yes, it, I'm it a is. yeller. Yeah, well, our kids call you that too, but it's. <laughs> but I, I don't really yell, right? Except when something just and it's the when I do it, it's not even out of frustration or emotion. It's more so for effect to help them understand that it's it's strategic for me. It's per yeah, purposeful. Yeah, yeah it, so that they understand that this is a time where they really, really need to hear what I have to say because right. they probably have not listened to you <laughs> about three times at this point. <laughs> but the, They're you, mom again. Exactly. She's yelling. <laughs> but, but there's a, you've said about how you'll tell me, you know, I just can't get through to this kid or you're, you're you know, yeah. yelling at him and then right. I'll go behind a closed door with them. And can you explain your perspective on that? Because it cracks me up every time you, you've told other people this and I've okay. listened to you tell this story. Well, I'll get frustrated with them and I'll yell and be like, I don't know, just whatever's going on. And I feel like they're not listening to me probably because they're like, whatever, it's mom yelling again. And then, <laughs> and then I'll be like, throw my hands up. You go talk to them. <laughs> so you're like, come with me. <laughs> It's just so funny. So you take them into their room, their bedroom, close the door, and all I hear is, and it's like 30 seconds, 60 seconds maybe. And then we'll be just come back out. And then the kid's like, I'm sorry, mom. I'll do this, whatever you were telling me to do. And then you're like, all right, it's covered. <laughs> and I'm like, how did you just do that? <laughs> so what you're telling me is I have a superpower. <laughs> Oh, well, what I'm telling you is I stayed home for 11 years with them. And I think sometimes that makes a big difference when you're at home and they're just familiar with you. It's that familiarity thing. 
not that you're not around. That's not oh, what no, I mean. No, I get you. And, and there's an element of that for sure. Yeah. Because it, they're, they're used to hearing your voice most of the exactly. time. You're the one that's there when they get home from school because I'm still at work. Whether I'm either traveling or local, I'm still at the office. Yep. You know, at 3 o'clock, whenever it is when they get home. And most of the get going on your homework yep. conversation comes yeah, from you. right. Clean which, up. Exactly. Don't forget to do this. Don't forget to do that. Right. They're always constantly hearing yeah. my voice. Right on. But at the same time, they know that I will bring down the hammer yeah. when I need to. But it, the the yelling aspect, and you know, I think it depends a lot on the kid too, because they, they depend on the different parenting styles for different absolutely different yeah. situations. But the the superpower that I have for everyone that's <laughs> the, listening, rrr, 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 rrr. exactly. <laughs> I'll go in behind the closed door, and most of the time, I've made them sit on their bed because I know you've never seen this, you've never witnessed right. this because it's behind a closed yeah. door. I'll sit them on their bed, and I will get down on my knees. So I'll be at eye level with them. So now they're in a comfortable position because they're sitting. And I think this is so important. And I've seen you do this on occasion when they were younger. Not so much now, but I even do it now. You know, Because they're, they're so tall now. They, they are tall, <laughs> yes. <laughs> they are tall. But still, when you sit them on their bed, I'll still go on my knees and yeah. then we'll be just at eye level. And it's just in a very, very calm voice. And there's something about that. And I, I've always recognized that. My dad was the same way, mm -hmm. the exact same way. He would... Unless it was a point where I was severely disrespecting my mother, which happened a few times. And I remember him saying sure. one time, you do that again, I'm going to throw you through a wall. You know, of course, that was 30 years ago. And right. everyone could get away with saying that at that point. <laughs> he never did. You know, but it was just, it was enough to be like, Ugh. Well, oh. yeah, because you knew he could. Exactly. But when I go behind the closed door, I sit him down and I... It's more of a logical and just direct conversation saying, right. this is what you're doing. This is how you're making your mom feel. And whatever it is, you need to, you need to do this. And this is why. And explaining them, explaining that to them. One thing I never really got when I was growing up was the why mm -hmm. from my parents. It was always, you just need to do this. And there was always the why yeah. for me. And most of the times the answer was because I, I say so. so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And that was one thing I'm like, I am never going to say that. And to this day, I still have never said that. It's almost kind of the same thing where I, I talk with my sales team and say, there is no can't, there's only don't, mm -hmm. because there's always a reason behind it. And let's explain what that reason is so they get it. And I'm telling you, everyone who's listening, it's most of the time, 99 out of 100, your, your kids are smart. They yeah. will understand the reason why when you explain it to right. them. Especially when it's in a calm voice to where you are really trying to understand their perspective. But most of all, they really know that you are just trying to teach them something yeah. in this moment. They, they already trust you. You're their parents. You have to sit them down in a, in a calm way. And it doesn't take long as long as they understand why. Yeah. But kids will always push boundaries. Oh, for sure. I think, too, it comes back to when they're little and, you know, parents can't exactly explain why you should not run into the street a two-year-old you know it's just don't do it because you will die but a two-year-old's not going to understand you're going to die right yeah so I think it comes from that where just do what I say because you're two and I know better than you but then when they're 11 I mean I know that they're not teenagers yet but even when we're talking to our kids about you know you don't need to play electronics right now. That's not the time for this. Sometimes I'll fall into the, oh, I'm your mom. Just shut up and do it. Like in my head, I'm thinking, shut oh, yeah, up, just shut head, up yeah. and do it. It's easy to fall into that. But 
then if they respectfully come talk to me about it and say, I would really like to know why I'm not allowed to play on my electronics right now, then I will be happy to talk to you about why you should not be playing on your electronics. Sometimes they like my answer, sometimes they don't, whatever. But yeah, they're definitely smart. And I do believe that they should know why because then they'll be able to make better decisions. Oh, well, if this does this to my brain or, you know, whatever, then maybe in the future, they'll just be able to make their own decision. And hopefully be better parents than us. Because, I, I mean, even though yeah. I've said that I think we're good parents, uh, there's some big mistakes that we make along the way. Yep. And you don't have, I, I'm not, when I say big mistakes, I'm not necessarily saying, you know, things that are going to affect their lives in a detrimental way. Because I don't think that that's happened at all. But in, in the moment, like, you know, I should have handled that differently. Yeah. And it, it, parents, it's very much okay to let your kids know that you're vulnerable yes. early on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when they're young, when they're toddlers. I remember that there were times where I apologized to our kids yep. and they were just toddlers because I, I, I misread something or I, I handled something incorrectly <laughs> with them. Yeah, and then they come up to you and when they're toddlers, put their hand on your face, but, they go, it's okay, Daddy. Yeah, I forgive you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I forgive you. Yeah, um, I do think that's very important that... Sometimes your kids are going to remember the, the you humbling yourself and saying, I'm human too, and you make mistakes and I forgive you. I make mistakes and hopefully you can forgive me. I mean, I remember one time my dad just, he, he misunderstood me. I misunderstood him. He got angry with me and then I got angry with him. So instead of being able to talk about it, our emotions just, you know, whatever from the day were just already heightened. So uh, he and I were just, you know, yelling at each other. And I don't really, never really yelled at my parents. But just this one particular time, it was, it was just not normal. And it was weird. And it was uh, uncomfortable. Well, anyway, before I went to bed, he, I could tell he was still upset with me. And I was still upset with him. And he knew I wasn't in a place to talk about it. But he said, I'm sorry. I love you. And... This always makes me emotional when I talk about this. Um, and yeah, I just knew that he valued our relationship so much that he didn't want me to go to bed angry because he got up really early in the morning. And he didn't want me to go to school. And he actually called me uh, before I went to school the next morning and said, can I pick you up from school? And, you know, maybe we could talk about what happened. So he picked me up from school. And on the way home, we had a great conversation about what happened. He apologized. And I'm... I don't exactly remember the reason why we argued and the reason why we got upset with each other. What I remember is his apology and him humbling himself and just saying, I was wrong, please forgive me. And I mean, obviously that stuck with me and was really important to me. So when, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so when I realize that I screw up with my kids, I always try to apologize and say, I could have handled that better and talk about it. It's really important to talk about it. Keep the communication open because that's where the trust is. Yeah, it sure is. I mean, most parents, I think, want to do the world for their kids, you know, and they want to be the best possible parent they can. And we've talked a lot about parenting at this point, you know, but I don't want everybody to get the idea that that should be the identity of a husband and a wife either. 
Yeah. Because yeah, we, we've yeah, that's dove straight important. into that, you know, and I'm not trying to totally switch gears, but maybe a segue a little bit also. And it, but this comes down to, this comes down to even the way that you discipline your kids, I think stems from the way that the, the parents will interact with each other on their own. Mm-hmm. And the only way to, to get that to a certain good place is to actually spend time with each other. Yeah. And it's tough. You know, even my, my brother texted me the other day and said, you know, cause he's launching a business now and he's right. saying, how do you balance work and family? You know, as I'm trying to start <laughs> this thing, I, I don't know if I can do this well. And I said, you can't. And of course, <laughs> Well, you know, if you want advice from Rick, you need to always expect the absolute straight truth. Yep. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) It's maybe it's a little shock and awe, but I've always gotten good responses out of people that way. But I didn't mean that he, as a person, could not correct. Did not have the ability for that to to have his work and his family. You know, in his words, balance, but I hate the word balance yes, to begin with. I much prefer integration, <laughs> so I explain this yeah. to him. You know, after the, the original two-word text of you can't, you know. <laughs> no, actually, I think it was you don't, because I don't use can't, but but implying that there's a reason. And, of course, he was like, what? You know, thinking that I'm just beating him down because he's yeah, a younger jerk. brother who's five years younger than me. <laughs> we have that kind of relationship, you know, but it's, um, it's... But then I explain, I'm like, you know, that's not the, the point. The point, And I told him, I said, listen to episode three, Balance I was is just Stupid, say, of my yeah. podcast. Yes. And he came back two days later, he's like, that was really good. <laughs> like, yes, it's it's integration. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, there's even a reason right now why you are here is because of integration. I'm trying to, and this is something that we had to learn a difficult way oh, also. Oh, Lord, yeah. Because coming out of being sick for me yeah. was, I'm just, I mean, I've never been, I've never half-assed anything, mm-hmm. but coming out of being sick, it was like I'm doubling down, I'm tripling down on everything. As soon as I got yeah. back to feeling like I could do things full time again, yeah, it was just I'm just yeah, you were like an overdrive. Yeah, well, from my perspective, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've always had this. I don't. I wouldn't say regret, but I always look back and reflect. And mm-hmm. there's some areas of life to where it's like, did I waste years here? Yeah, uh, and did I? Did I not have the balance right? Like my brother was saying, between work and family. And that's when I figured out that this is not, that, it, you know, any difficulties that you and I were having, mm-hmm. even were not 100% on you. It never is. It's never typically one sided. You know, even those who might end up going through a divorce at something, you might have just an idiot for a husband, <laughs> you know, for, for any women that are out there, or just a crazy person for a wife. Yeah. Legitimately, that could happen. Right. But at the same time, there's still fault on both mm-hmm. sides. There always is. There's always two sides of the story, to use that cliche. And the truth is always somewhere in the middle mm-hmm. where it lands. And I determined that I need to do whatever I can and put as much energy as I possibly can in order to integrate our lives mm-hmm. and include everyone that's in our family. That's a that's why you're here today. Yeah. You know, when, you know, I broke in, you know, our awesome producer, Laura said, you know what? All right, Jana, you're on. I didn't even know, know? (laughs) but but this is, this is fantastic. And the only way you, you made this statement the other day, it was like an epiphany about, because I always felt that when I would come home from traveling on my own, that 
I would always be expecting some kind of blow up. Yes. You know, some kind of tension when I wasn't even there yeah. to cause any tension, you know, and that, that was the, the disconnect in my head that I was not even at home to, to be the idiot <laughs> in, in that moment to make you upset. So it, I, I couldn't grasp it. And it made perfect sense after you explained it. And can you just go through that whole thing? Because this ties back into what we were talking about with, with parents and the interactions and spending time together before you left to go to the office and I was studying and it wasn't even like this big issue. I don't even remember what it was, but I was just like easily agitated by anything you said. And I don't know if it was the way you said it or what you said. I don't remember, but I just remember feeling unsettled. And even when you left, we like try to make things okay and be like, okay, well, we'll just have a good day. And hopefully just, you know, it'll be fine when you get home, but I couldn't let it go. And I was sitting there just trying to figure it out. And then I'm like, we have not spent time alone together in two weeks. So I'm like, okay, I know that I get easily agitated with you. It's so weird and like a paradox, but I get, (laughs) I get easily (laughs) agitated with you when I don't spend time with you. And it's probably just because one of my needs, basic human needs isn't being met and I just need to connect with you because that really is one of the basic human needs is loving connection. And that's like huge for me. So instead of getting all annoyed like I had in the past and just like letting it blow up and be this big thing, I was like, okay, I'm going to solve this right now. So I texted, I think it was your mom that night. And I said, hey, are you available to watch our kids? I texted you and I said, hey, do you want to see a movie or do you want to go out to eat? And then it was just like, oh, I feel so much better. Now we get time alone together. And now I don't have to be like this big, you know what, when you come home. (laughs) And that was a big thing for me when you were gone because I hadn't seen you. And then here's me like dealing with all this stuff at home. And I felt like I sort of had to be dad and and mom, and then dealing with the different dynamics that happen when you're not there, you know, because like things are off. Yeah. Um, but I think the biggest one is just that you were gone and I wasn't with you. And you were experiencing all these amazing things and meeting all these amazing people. And I didn't know anybody. And I was like at home and I felt like that, you know, typical. I got my sweats on and I'm doing laundry while he's out making podcasts and like becoming famous. (laughs) This is my becoming famous (laughs) signal, by the way. Um, (laughs) So I guess like some of it was jealousy. Some of it was resentment and some of it was just my needs aren't being met. So yeah, so I would get upset and freak out about it. But also I guess I'm realizing that I'm more of an extrovert than I thought. (laughs) I actually can meet new people without dying. (laughs) (laughs) Or twitching severely, at least. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Curling up in a ball and sucking my thumb. No. Um, I actually really enjoy meeting new people. And that was a thing for me also was, oh, my God, I don't want to go with you because uh, I'm going to have to meet new people. But this is just a lot of information. I was also insecure because 
here I was for the past 11 years being this housewife and this mom, which is when I chose, I chose that because I wanted to be the mom that gets to see her kids walk and gets to hear their first words. And I did, but now my kids are older. They don't need me as much. So what do I do? I'm too afraid to go out. I, like we were talking about earlier, me having that fear and that insecurity of just going out and doing stuff. Whereas you have no troubles <laughs> trying new things and failing. And then trying new things and failing. Well, to other people it might look like failure, but to us we know you're just learning. Oh, that didn't work. Oh, well. But to me, I internalize that. Anyway, when you were gone, um, my fake introvertness or extrovertness, whatever I am, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I would go in my own head. And then I would like make up these like crazy scenarios and I kind of felt like a crazy person for a while because it's like, oh no, so he's going to go and meet new people and then he's going to come home and he's going to think I'm really boring and here I am doing laundry when he comes home. So I think it was just like all of that and I just became angry. And really it just came down to that we just were not spending as much time together. Yeah. And then I also told you that I couldn't travel with you. How am I supposed to travel with you and keep all this going and la 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 la. I mean, your exact comment was, our household will blow up if I am not here. <laughs> Maybe I was being a little dramatic, but yes. yes. Um, I believe I also, is this okay to say, I hope? I also told you that oh, you're just falling in love with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Thank God that you know one of my mentors who was married to someone who went to this through the same yeah. exact thing. Yeah. Actually, it really helped that she. It kind of meant a lot that. Can I say their name? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I don't. They're great um, people. Yeah, Clint Arthur and Ali Savage. Um, it really helped that she was just willing to reach out. I mean, she didn't really know me very well. We had just met once and, you know, they had dinner with you and she's like, have her call me. I went through the same thing and I just texted her one time and she just texted back like, I don't know, something really encouraging. And it was like, okay, so maybe this isn't all weird and maybe this isn't, well, it's crazy, but it's fun crazy. Now it's fun crazy. <laughs> and um, I realized that, okay, things are not going to fall apart we have a support system at home. You know, we have family who's wonderful, willing to watch our kids. We have friends who are willing to watch our kids so that I can be with you. And I know that's important too for our kids, especially um, Richard. He yeah. verbalized it and said, when dad leaves, I don't like it. But when you go with him, I'm fine with it. And I'm not really sure why he didn't go on to explain it, but I guess he just feels more secure when mom and dad are together and mom and dad are unified and on the same team. Yeah, because then we're going after something together and it's not different agendas. Yeah, yeah. It's the, it's the whole family at that point that, that's moving forward in right. the same direction. Yeah. Even though they might not be there in that moment, but they understand that we are. Yeah. That, this is so important too because it, there's a singular reason why I'm doing all of this. And, you know, maybe this is the one thing today is that I want my kids to do better than me. Yeah. Yeah, but there's a lot of parents that will say that. I think most parents will actually say that. But what are you actually doing to make that happen? 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out and do all the crazy stuff <laughs> so that they can see that it's completely possible mm-hmm. to shoot for the moon, to, to go after anything that they feel that matches their skill set, which is a big thing, too, because I don't think any parent should tell their kid that you can do anything. Yeah, that's, no, a, whole, some, yeah. that's a whole other thing. Yeah. But some kids just are not no, good at I some agree. things. You know? Not everybody should be doing everything. Exactly. We but, e- sorry, no, I'm interrupting no, no, please, you. We each it. have our own talents. We each have our own unique um, purposes throughout life. And I am not supposed to be in the NBA. You know? <laughs> what? <laughs> like somebody's going to tell me, you can do anything. I want to be in the NBA. Well, that's not going to happen. No. Because I'm not supposed you, to be. You're very good at coaching struggling moms, though. Yeah. Extremely good. Right. Yeah. And I... <sighs> For the one thing today for parents to take away from this, blaze that trail for your yes. kids. Yeah. Show them that the world is possible. Don't settle just for the status quo and think that this was my life, so this should be my kid's life, but somehow they need to do better. Show them yeah. that they can do better mm-hmm. than you. Show them that there's things that you're going after and these are amazing things. I mean, having my face in the jumbotron in Times Square. <laughs> you know, yeah, but, that was but, awesome. Yes, but that shows them that it's, you know, when you go in and they're excited to invite you to career day. Yeah. You know, because, hey, my dad's an author, you know, and I called myself an entrepreneur in front of the kids. And I say, I'm an you know, I do what I want. I make a lot of money and I never went to college. I'm an entrepreneur, you know, and the teachers there were like, no, someone like kick them out. But then the principal, which was awesome, and she was, you know, we need kids to hear this and that there's alternative routes to success because not one size fits all right and that's the same with your kids too that your kids should not be like you they should be better than you but you have to lay the foundation for them to know that they can achieve even more than what you've achieved and then they'll start to understand what the word legacy means Mm -hmm. you know and i don't even care (laughs) i don't even care if Everybody in the world, if there's not one single other person in the world that thinks that I have a legacy, as long as my kids mm-hmm. recognize that I laid a foundation for them to go even beyond what you and I have done, yeah. I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. What's one thing that you can give? The one thing that I could give is, well, I kind of have two. Go to two okay. things, bonus. Okay. Well, because we were talking about our relationship, but then we were also talking about the relationship with our kids. So for your relationship with your spouse, I don't think, I think my one thing is don't put the blame on them and look internally and say, what can I do? What is it that I'm looking for? And change it, you know, like I did. I realized I get agitated with my husband when I don't spend time with him. So I'm not gonna wait for him to be like, let's go out because Lord knows he has so much on his mind already. I'm just gonna do it. And we had a great time. Yeah. So just be that change. Oh God, that's so cliche. <laughs> be the change you wanna see in the world, Blech. But I mean, I guess that's true. Take the initiative to be that person to change things. And I mean, I know that you did as well on your end in our whole weird thing last year. You took it upon yourself. Okay, I'm gonna change this and then on my end, I was like, I'm gonna change this. And then we were able to come together and, and be unified. The second thing, one thing <laughs> for your kids, 
don't discourage them when they have a tendency to do something good, meaning um, you see a gift in them, don't try to squash it and be like, you'll never be like that, probably can't do that. I would say you need to cultivate that and you need to find ways to help them grow whatever gifting that is. Even if you help them fail. Yeah, yeah. But just don't, yeah, don't, don't be a dream squasher. <laughs> yeah. Because there's so many parents who will be like, well, that's all great and stuff, but that's not what I did. So you're never going to be like that. Well, what if they are, you know, what if, I mean, what if Michael Jordan's mom was like, oh, son, you got to sit behind a desk. What a waste of talent that would have been. I mean, good heavens. So don't, don't waste your kid's talent. Well, even if he had no, no greatness there whatsoever. I mean, what I just said, I love this because this just came to my head. Help them fail. Don't, what you're saying, don't squash them. Yeah. Literally, if they're not good at something, don't say that, hey, you're going to suck at this. No. Right. Just say, all right, let's go after this and help them fail so that they can realize on their own how to rise back up. I think that's a great thing to talk about the next time I come back. It is the next time? Baby. <laughs> oh, I think there will there's be. So yes, many, there there's will so be. many things that you can go on about. There and is. this is a lot of fun. Yeah. So I definitely want to come back. All right. It's great. <laughs> Where can everyone find you on Instagram? They can find me at Mrs. Jana Jordan. And it's J-A-I-N-A. J-O-R-D-A-N. Like Michael Jordan. Awesome. <laughs> well, thanks for getting roped in. Of course. Happy to. Hey, thanks for going all in with me today. Subscribe to the show so you get the new episodes when they come out every Monday. Rate and review the show if you're listening on iTunes. Follow me on social media at Mr. Rick Jordan. As always, you can find links and references to anything we've talked about in this episode in the show notes. And finally, share this episode with someone who you think might be able to level up their life by listening. I am Rick Jordan and I approve this message.